around a different concept each episode. Today, we will be talking about the legendary language of change, the pinnacle of modern mathematics. Calculus! Calculatron! Hell yes. Let's do this. My name is Alora Novak, and joining me today is the insanely ingenious Eric Novak. Insane. <laughs> that part's true. It's insane. Let's get ready to kick some math. Eric, yep. I know that you started studying calculus at a very young age. You were on the math team in high school, all that kind of stuff. So you had a handle on these. So tell us when you first started hearing about calculus. Um, but yeah, in school, you start uh, with uh, really touching on it before pre-calc. But yeah, and then eventually right. you get to the calculus. But essentially, you're already tiptoeing around it at some point. Yeah, it brings up the question of like, what even is it, you know? So like, if you were looking up limits and like a lot of these things that come up in pre-calc, you know, they're kind of prepping you. But also it's like, is that calculus? Are limits and, you know, the unit circle, uh, you know, trig, is that calculus or is that its own sort of All right. area? Does that Before fall we under get to, that umbrella? Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I feel like you're getting like, we're getting right into some like mathematics right away. And uh, I'm excited. It's a, Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's why uh, pre-calculus is still calculus. Is even though there's a lot of trig involved, you're, it's still calculus. Mm-hmm. And really, a lot of things we've been talking about were calculus. We just didn't use the c word because it's a scary word. And so, really, I guess the right. question is, People don't what like that. is calculus? And um, it reminds me of like what we were talking about last episode computers when they first had computers and they were using it to study this thing and i said he told the uh women to put in the the numbers into the simulation into the machine and you said oh they're the calculators like as a joke right you know yeah what did they call them calculators (laughs) or computers i'm I'm mixing the words so you know what i mean they were the like you're the one that said it they oh you mean the computers uh, and so, yeah, they yeah. were the computers. And I was talking before about how computers before computers existed. And I meant like modern computers. That's what we always mean. You know, before yes. before calculators existed, it's the same thing. Those people were, those women were the computers, just like these yes. mathematicians were the calculators. So calculus is yeah. just the way that you calculate. And that's just math. So essentially, yeah, like a more accelerated, expedited way of coming to a conclusion. Like instead of having all these women like sitting there doing everything by hand, computing, then they yeah. have the computer computing like an actual yeah. And computer. so instead of right. uh, instantaneous results, instead of the uh, doing calculations, it became the idea of like, oh, that's just doing math, and then this higher math, this fancy boy math, is calculus. But actually, it was a great sure. transition of the of the old term because calculus is in everything like that we've been talking about, but just not using right. the C word. That's what I was saying. It's, it's really rooted in a lot of this stuff. Let's give people like a really, you know, cause let's just pretend like we're talking to someone who has no idea what it is, you know, because right. like you said, people get really scared from this mm-hmm. word. Like, Oh God, they think it's so complicated, but it doesn't have to be necessarily if you just want to understand what it is you don't have to sit there and do integration to know what calculus is i think it is slightly complicated and that's why we've been dancing around it but yeah the simple thing that people say is that it's the mathematics of the study of change so these dynamic systems that's 
normal shit we were talking about last episode. That's just how shit works. So it's almost like, yeah, it's like regular math with time thrown like in. Like real world stuff, yeah. <laughs> Gotta throw time into there. Yeah. And once you do, then you start to talk about this rate of change. And then basically that's right. where it comes from. Obviously there's more to it. Yeah, and the little details in between are just like mind-blowing how they came like all those baby steps to that final conclusion that is calculus. And obviously we're going to talk about Leibniz or Newton because that's also something we've been talking about on and off and like touching that subject as well. But even before they came to that, you know, like ancient and medieval type of mathematics. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I guess we'll jump right into the history. I feel like you're right. Like, you know, there isn't really like an easier way. Usually we begin with like a really short explanation. But when we're talking about something that's just like this juggernaut of mathematics, like there's no simple explanation besides what we just said, you know, like math explaining the natural world, mm-hmm. but specifically over a period of time. Yeah. So it's like the main subject matter is what is happening to something over a period of time, rate of change. That's what it's all about. It relates to other things, and that's why it's actually part of a lot of stuff we've already talked about in other episodes, like with Infinity and and Imaginary and E to the X and uh, what was the last episode? Everything. Oh, the chaos. Yep. Same thing. Yeah. Would you say that this was like the first thing we're seeing in the history of math where it's this sort of relativistic idea of mathematics where it's not just static in one subject unrelated to another? Or were there other subjects like prior to this that were kind of like linked to others? I think it's kind of like any uh, sort of like branching system. You know, as you as you climb this hierarchy, there are fewer and fewer branches that branch off into more branches. True that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. All right. So I guess we'll start in the ancient times, which right, right. it's sort of difficult to really pinpoint say that it was calculus because no, this okay. is kind of similar yeah. to what it's like when it's, we were talking it's about calculus e. adjacent i guess exactly and who you know, where like, are we like how far ago like where in the world take a guess i'm guessing fucking babylonians or egyptians hey! yeah. <laughs> he's got it these guys or girls had it figured out i swear to god dude like every single time we talk mm. about like ancient mathematics and the building blocks fucking babylonians mm. like So they had this thing called the, (laughs) right. They had the trapezoidal rule. Have you heard of this? They have a what? Maybe I've heard of this. Yeah. It's similar to, I would say it's kind of the foundations of uh, integration. It's more or less like a technique for approximating, which integration, which obviously we'll talk about is like area underneath a curve. Right. But they didn't um, look at, at, at functions and curves in the, bronze age or what i don't know like when was this again <laughs> i don't know where where are we or when are we i mean babylonians so uh that would be like 1800s 1800 bc, BC. okay yes so very long fucking time ago <laughs> um and essentially it was similar to the archimedes rule you know when he was doing uh the different pol- uh different shapes getting closer and closer and closer to a circle. Oh, yeah, so more yeah. and more sides became closer and closer to a circle. Yeah, we uh, talked like a about method this. Yeah, because he wanted pi. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so this is very similar to that. It's called the trapezoidal rule uh-huh. and it was mainly used for astronomical observations, Ooh. but it was this approximation by different shapes. And the more, if you're trying to fit a shape inside of a circle and see the approximation, like you said, if you're looking for something specific like pi, you know, the distance around the circle or what have you, you keep putting these shapes inside of it because they didn't have a method by which they could measure the area of the circle at the time. They had methods they could measure the area of something that had straight sides. I mean, like they could so they measure it getting, if they wanted to. They could like take a piece of string or whatever, but they... Piece of string, right. But they mathematically, didn't want... Though, yeah, they, they wanted, wanted to do it mathematically because like somehow well, back in for instance, 1800 BC, they still had this idea that they should dig deep into math. Like something, and that's why it makes a lot of sense because it's astronomical. So how the fuck are they going to get a string that big? Yeah, that (laughs) was because that was a fact. They knew that for a fact. Like they were raised on that. Everybody knew that. Yeah, the stars are legit. Like that's what's up. Right. They were like, wait a sec. This works if we have something smaller that we can actually physically measure. Yeah. But mathematically speaking, what the fuck are we going to do? We can put our human brains to work. They kept trying to figure this thing out. And actually, like, use our powers to start to chip away at what they're trying to tell us. It's like the secret message from the great beyond Mm -hmm. buried within the geometry of the stars. You just got to get better at geometry and we got to invent calculus, apparently. I'm like, what? Sure. No, I don't believe that and they that's... invented calculus. It must be um, the same thing that no, they no, no, were no, no, doing no. later, which is like uh, exhaustion, something, the the method. No, me- that's a, a very... It's a method of exhaustion is, is what that is. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking, literally, that's what I wrote down. Oh, okay. But that's an Archimedes term. So yeah. you're right about that. Yeah, that because would be he's doing the circle thing in a much cooler way. And theirs is maybe more like, I don't know, complicated because his just seems like simpler. He's just trying to figure out what a circle is. Sure. Yeah. And that's where we're going. That's where the train, the next stop is, is going to be Greece. Okay. And we're talking about. So what happened in between there? <laughs> um, Not too much like. As per usual in oh, mathematical wait. history, we, uh, usually we talked about like uh, Zeno and uh, Thales and and like infinity yep. and those paradoxes and stuff Zeno, like that. Vailia. So he was actually like the thing I was saying, like I joked, like Zeno was like, nope, there must be no such thing. Like this idea that I can divide things up, like and I don't know calculus, means time is broken. Yes, like shit don't work. Because he didn't, like, know how to, like, work the math. So he actually, like, if he just had a buddy who happened to be as smart as one of these other greats to just be, like, by his side. Oh, like, if he was born earlier with Pythagoras instead of just after Pythagoras, Pythagoras could have been like, oh, shit, bro. We could invent calculus in, what is that, 500 B.C.? Dude, it's crazy, like how it was so close so many times throughout history. Yeah, like and the like, other time, I think yeah. you mentioned him before too, um, Democritus or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, we were talking about him before, and he's the one who was doing the infinitesimals, and that was pretty much the same time as Zeno. They were in the same era. Yeah, for sure. But for sure, Zeno was more on like the paradox end of it, realizing that there's a paradox occurring. Um, but yeah, they're also from Greece as well. And, and oh, even Archimedes, Aristotle. Think, don't forget about them. Aristotle in that same period. He was definitely touching true, on that true. same exact thing. 
Aristotle gets left out a lot. Um, <laughs> the heroes like that were passing the torch on. And in reality, they all kind of had similar yeah. mentalities like of the time, but being ahead of their time. And next, each next guy is that much more ahead of its time. That's the way I see it. Mm, like, true. Definitely. And that's what I'm more saying. It's not like this is where calculus started. It's just like you have to start somewhere. And obviously it is a passing of the torch a lot of times with these mathematical theories. It's not like Newton just woke up one day and understood calculus. He read all these books from all the yeah, these people he before Yeah, because he said that because he was like, I might be a crazy asshole, but like Stand I respect- shoulders of giants. Yeah, okay. I, I respect the, the giants that I stand, yeah. And we'll get into Newton. I wanted to when like, are we devote get a into whole Newton? section on Newton. <laughs> so what are we doing yeah, now then? Let's just- touch really quickly let's just go a little bit further and stop in uh the middle east and this is 11th century uh forgive me i don't necessarily know how to pronounce his name what did it's he do Ibn al haytham but yeah he actually derived a really important formula that was on uh the sum of fourth powers so this is getting even closer to the Riemann sum uh formula so his was really important, I think, to I developing I never heard of the him. formula for integration. Yeah, I think he's one of those like people that they don't talk about as much because he's not white, you know? <laughs> that kind of happens. That. Formula there for the fourth powers of the yeah, I'll integral squares. Something like that. Yeah, and he was actually mentioned in the earlier uh, European mathematics. He was cited in... Isaac Barrow's book and Rene Descartes, he was cited in those books. So they had been reading some of his uh, formulas and proofs and stuff. This guy, um, Iben or whatever the fuck, how do you spell his name? Yeah, I just see it. So, uh, wait, where'd it go? Um, it'll be now Haytham. Haytham. It's probably Haytham. I don't know. Oh, Haytham. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's how you say his name. Why do I care? I've never even heard Haytham. of this guy and I'm not really sure where the math connects. Because we kind of just think about it. So where physics actually started, which people probably don't think too much about, is India. That's really where it sort of like really blew up. And a lot of the origination of like some of the best physics theories was actually India. So and this guy, L. Hazen, or however we want to pronounce his name, I don't know if that's how you properly say it. <laughs> he sort of uncovered and brought some of these previously, as we are describing them as ancient theories, you know, like ancient Greece and Babylonians. Mm. He brought these to the Middle East. And then we really got these more interesting and more elevated theories of the Indian mathematics by some of the other mathematicians you might have heard of, like, Madhava or you know the 14th century people that um or the Kerala school more where they started working on like Taylor series infinite series like a lot of the because the Indian mathematics was much more elevated at that time period than any other civilization because it was far enough back in time where religion played a role and I think they really from mm -hmm. what it seems like they had a spiritual connection to it, which we've talked about with Ramanujan, you know, sure, like yeah. he was really prolific and he had a serious like spiritual connection to the numbers and like mathematics itself. And or he may have just said that, that to try and build up his legend 
And so he told people mm-hmm. that, like, uh, that the goddess of uh, whatever wisdom, like, whispered in his ear. Spoke to him and shit. Mathematical shit. Yeah. And they were just like, dude, that makes sense because he's coming up with shit, not telling us how he's doing it. And that's not how we roll nowadays. Like, how did he do it? Right. And he was like, I'm Ramanujan, bitch. And they were like, But yeah. he's not alone. Yeah. Ramanujan's <laughs> a badass bitch. I will give him that. But, like, he's not alone in thinking, like, there's a spiritual connection, especially this sure. far back yeah, in the 14th no, people century. People think that all the time. Right. And I think, like, the real stepping stone from the ancient to the, like, modern day mathematics really happened in the Middle East. Specifically, like, it started with the Arab mathematician, when? that guy Al Hazen, and it kind of spread. So Al Hazen was 11th century, and it mm-hmm. kind of spread all through the gotcha. Middle East and really, really took hold in India, where they really started working on all of these, like, infinite series approximations and things like that. Yeah, they're like, how do we approximate this to infinity? Like, how do we approximate this at an infinite point to where, like, which is really the whole discussion about, and we've talked about this before, what is the point of an integration or derivative? Like, what is, what are we getting at? Why are we doing this? It's like smaller, 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 this whole epsilon of how sure. close can we get to this instantaneous point? And I think that's what they were touching on, you know, like they were really starting to think a lot about the big picture there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like we said in the beginning. Yeah. Like trying to figure out the circle. Like we said in the beginning, you get closer and closer by getting a bigger and bigger polygon. And then your error is this epsilon hypothetically. It just gets smaller and smaller until you create an error of zero when you have a hypothetically infinitely sided polygon which is basically the circle. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it's not computable. Like they can't actually use that to any advantage at that point in time. They're just like, oh yeah, cool. So that's how you do a yeah. circle. So yeah, how do they I were just trying to that? sort of yeah. figure something out. And yeah, so they had to, so, he had to work out by hand uh, Newton when he was doing this, right? He tried that shit, didn't he? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Not yet, <laughs> not yet. Well, almost, almost. Come on, man. <laughs> In India, they came up with a lot of these things and got a little bit closer and made the connections between these ancient calculations and sort of proposed the question of like, hey, we're getting to a point where I think we're advanced enough to really expand on these, like you said, lost sort of theories. You know, they kind of got lost a little bit throughout. Yeah, like they lost some priority, maybe. Like you have to understand in mathematics, it's risky. You know, like you need things like funding or whatever in those times, you know, from the king or whatever the fuck they were doing. Like a lot of these mathematics consistently need to be like shown to be practical. Like what can we do? You know, like Uh, what is this helping or financial or whatever? It's risky to do something that isn't. People do that now and get paid to do it blindly. And then it turns around to be like a fundamental like truth in like a great way yeah. to uh, look at like some quarks or some shit, like some completely like unrelated thing that they never imagined. And there's like, really? That's some new quantum mechanical field. You're using my new math that I made to make up new math for the shit of it to solve a made up crazy shit that we made up. And they're like, oh yeah, dude, that's perfect. <laughs> 
Inception <laughs> mathematics. Inception. inception. Well, I guess because we've learned over time. Yeah, it's like like a we've pattern. learned throughout We're time like, to do hey, that. Hey, dude, if yeah. if you just let these guys do their thing because they worship math, that apparently advances technology exponentially. Like, all right, maybe exactly. we should maybe we should help these guys. But it's still <laughs> a gamble. Even though they do find out really interesting things and sometimes it's super profitable for whoever's writing that grant or whatever it yeah. may be, it's still a gamble. And even more yeah. so at that particular point in time, because there wasn't a lot of evidence on how it could be profitable or like you said. No way. Because it was religious before. Yeah. And then they lost that a little bit. But they still True. were religious Religion about plays a the big stars. Part in it too. And they were still religious. It was just like I think mathematics lost a little bit of its magic for a time anyway. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So who I want to mention next, right before we get into Newton and Leibniz, is Euler, because we do have to mention him a little bit. And if you want a full explanation of Euler and a little bit about him and Euler's number E. Go check out the um, episode. Definitely check out our episode. Yes. Um, we have an episode on E, which is super important and prolific in mathematics. Uh, but and it's an of course, awesome this episode is, too. It's great. It's crazy. And so equality. Check it out. And equality. I think E is mm. a special number that people don't really like think too much about. Like, don't think it's that important or as important as, like, pi or something, hmm. but it totally is. And, like we mentioned in the episode. Super calculus, bro. It's very calculus, and... It's definitely awesome. It's... This yeah. boy is is after these other boys. And, uh, like, he was, like, 20-something when Newton died, like... Euler? Yeah, so I don't even know if they ever met, but there is some kind of, like, Euler... Newton something. I don't know what it is, but I think that's just because like he used Newton shit. Like I don't like yeah. yeah. He's after Newton. They were definitely like some kind of BFFs, like they're uh, not BFFs. Spirit animals. Stop making them BFFs. <laughs> they were spirit animals. I know animals. you want Euler really... and Newton to be BFFs, but it's not like that, dude. <laughs> I think that there was some kind of not loyalty, but like you know, he looked up to him or... I think if... Like, a yeah, lot of these I guys... I think he was, like... I, he wasn't his mentor because he was, like, too old, but he was, like, an idol, right. I bet, because Newton is fucking boss, bro. Oh, my God, dude. I'm just, like, I'm nervous, you know? Like, this is, like... I'm starstruck. I'm Newton, <laughs> because that's what Newton is like, right? He's all nervous and shit. True. Okay, so... Now... I think we should get into the controversy. Oh, you want? Now. Didn't we talk about this one time? I feel like we did. I don't know. We touched on it, yeah, but we, we didn't really delve into what the fuck is happening here mm -hmm. because. All right, here. Let me tell you. In case let you're me not tell in you, on the drama, like what I what I've heard about the drama through rumors, <laughs> and then you tell okay, me what's you the gossip, me, what's the tea. I'll tell you the tea. You tell me what's real, real. What's the true, true? All right. Okay. Okay. So, what's up? This is my understanding is that basically Newton is a weirdo and kind of a d-hole, but he's a st mm -hmm. straight up baller. So the fact is he straight up came up with calculus and like the way that it could be broken down and spelled it all out. And that's that way before Leibniz. That's a fact. But then the way that we do calculus, like the notation, that's Leibniz. Totally nothing to do with Newton's uh, way yep. in stuff. Exactly. But 
there's this whole weird thing because Newton's such a d-hole. He straight up was like, I'm only going to tell my bros. And then, like, Leibniz is, like, kind of the same age, but he's nowhere near this guy. And Leibniz is kind of, I think, I don't know, I could be wrong. I think he's kind of the opposite. He's like, yo, I am what I am. I walk around. I talk around. What's what? And he even writes to Newton about shit, and Newton's kind of a dick to him. And he's like, yeah, fuck Mm. you. You don't know shit. You're shit. I know all about that. You're shit. But he somehow maybe, like, supposedly gave him his secrets of calculus, like, ahead of time. I don't think so. I think that what really happened is he gave him, uh, and I think this is part of the fact, like stuff that he did write Leibniz was like, look at how I figured this out or not Mm -hmm. how I figured out, but like, look at what I figured out. Look at what I figured out. And he was like, dude, you understand how to do this like way better than I do. I got to figure out how you did this. And he like reverse engineered calculus, maybe. Either way, he had a cooler notation and published it because he's not a dickhole. So he beat Newton to the punch. So in a way, A, we still use his notation, and B, he beat Newton to the publication because he's not a weird, like, you know, self-absorbed and and afraid of whatever and, you know, all this shit. So he just publishes his thing. And I don't think he was trying to steal it. Pretty much verbatim correct on all of it up until you said that Newton beat him to the punch and published No, first. Leibniz, I was that, saying, like, you can't argue Leibniz has the notation that we use now, and he beat uh, Newton to the yes. punch. He's the one that Exactly. Published. Yeah. True. Like, Newton got butthurt for, like, legitimate reasons, but in his own crazy mind. Like, he built this whole thing up, in a way. You know what I mean? Like, well, this is his own fault. Yes. And then he decided he was going to be a bully about it, and take it to the, whatever they call it, Supreme Maths Court. He gaveled the hammer all over his face, and he was like, bye, 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 like a little baby. Right. <laughs> he was definitely immature about it, absolutely. And, he was, and they were actually, so, like, yeah, yeah they could have been friends, but, like, Newton mm-hmm. was fucking nuts. I know. That's the thing that's annoying, and that happens a lot in history, too. Like, you know, these guys get confrontational, but like, if they could have just worked together, yeah, we yeah, probably like, come we up with some really been cool so stuff. So much better. Yeah, it's just like right. There's no kumbaya over here. They're going. They're dueling each other over a disagreement. Oh, dude, it's like uh, mm-hmm. Bohr and Einstein. Instead of just like uh, like coming up with like new physics and like doing like thought experiments. All right, let's fight to the death. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then we fucking like get what's his face oh my god every episode i forget his fucking name the guy with the golden nose uh tahi bra bra taiko brahi Brahi. right we get like these amazing astronomers and mathematicians and they're like i know more than you (laughs) and then like one of them gets their nose chopped off or their throat slit and then like we're like okay there goes a decade of like astronomical discoveries because of your dumb ass but yeah i was saying it's just like yeah with that uh, out, with that uh quantum physics uh arguments or whatever they helped advance mm-hmm. uh the understanding of like the new physics of the time through their arguments between each other because they were both on like opposite sides and then you know other yes. other people wanted to join in and try and pick a side and or try and figure out who was right and stuff so instead of fucking killing yeah. each other, they just like had open debates. Very much a competition <laughs> environment, yeah. So uh, you're definitely right about a lot of this stuff, and that's essentially what happened. What we're talking about right now is that in case you're not in on the tea and the drama, mm-hmm. 
of uh, this early calculus dispute. I think I um, like when it got released, like Newton was holding on to uh, for I don't know why he was holding on to it, and I think well, he knew the power of calculus. And when Leibniz was gonna be the they both name, did, though. he like they he both couldn't did. have it. He was like, "You cannot have this." My fluxions. We have two mathematicians here. Essentially, we have uh, Leibniz, mm-hmm. which is a German mathematician, and then we also have right, uh, obviously Isaac Newton, and he's from Great Britain. Yeah, two. And yeah. both of them are essentially working on calculus at the same time. So this really came to a head in like the early like 17 and basically like you said Leibniz publishes the first work um, on calculus and so when Newton comes out with his book Principia Naturalis Principia Mathematica or whatever the nature of mathematics yeah when he comes out with this Leibniz has already published a work on calculus so this became a really really big controversial issue now the problem is is that even though Leibniz published first, the supporters, Newton was a popular dude, even though he was a weird fucker, no, which we're about to talk about. It's not just that he was a, would you say, he had friends. It's that those friends saw that he he was writing about this and telling him he knows about calculus before Leibniz even started. He was like way sure, ahead of Sure, but they know, they're in the scene. They know how the etiquette goes. If somebody published first, they know. Yeah. But they were ignoring that. And then they went as far as to accuse Leibniz of, of yes, plagiarizing. Yes, that's the, that's the problem. That's the whole beef. And mm-hmm. it's bullshit, I think. Exactly. I think it's bullshit. That's the beef. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's complete bullshit. He had no correspondence with Newton. At this time, there's no fucking internet. Like, obviously, cell He phones. had a correspondence. Like, through some other dude i don't remember who it was but that not with newton though yeah with newton leibniz and newton had some kind of correspondence that's what i was saying it is possible that i think because there's evidence like they have all the files you can like go look them up i guess if you're that hard about it i still think it's kind (laughs) of bullshit because he really did leibniz dirty because even he just did whatever they came up with it at the same time i think it's for sure that he just worked it out on his own like and also, I will say, I though, think they both in, worked it in out. Newton's defense, like, I guess you said you're going to get to some of his faults. So let me say in his defense, he is a way better mm-hmm. uh, scientist and mathematician and physicist, like everything, than Leibniz. Like, Definitely. Blows him but out of the water. we can agree on the fact that Leibniz did come up with a better notation. Right. And I as said you that mentioned. Earlier. Yeah. I think that's clear. Exactly. That's clear by the fact that And we he should be noted that. for that. He should be noted for that, and Leibniz really died in disfavor um, because of what Newton did. And to this day, people don't recognize him for his notation. I think we do recognize him. I disagree. I think we recognize him today, but you're right back then. A little bit. Back then, he was disgraced. It was bullshit. Yeah. I think you're right. Right. It's not really cool. But anyways, that's the drama and the tea. And eventually, since Newton, yeah, Newton was on the board, um, the Museum of Natural, whatever. Yeah, and he like uh, totally navigated them and like, you know, submitted all kinds of papers and stuff, like manipulated the, and then was the final say. It's like literally in a case and like you're on your own jury or something. Like it was really fucking rigged. Yeah, he's like, but he's like Eddie Murphy yeah. running around back and forth, like farting all over the courtroom. 
<laughs> like, what are you talking about? He's like running to the other side, like playing the jury. Then he's running. He's playing the judge. He's playing this, that. Like, it was a bunch of bullshit, horse shit. Perfect. But yeah, in the end, uh, basically Leibniz gets completely disgraced and then nobody ever gives him credit for it and he dies and we give him credit now you're right nowadays but so. at that time it was bad and newton gets credit for uh discovering calculus but as you said newton let's not get it twisted he's an incredible uh physicist mathematician uh astronomer theologian author all of these things absolutely is the superior of the two but yeah. When it comes yeah, to the dispute on who it, discovered yeah. it, it it is a little bit kind of, you know, weird. They could have just been supportive of one another and it didn't have to go down like that. But as we'll discuss now, we're going to talk about Newton and a little bit of his life since we're talking about calculus. He was a weird guy and right. super, super insecure. So it's not a surprise that this went down that way. Well, it's a little bit strange. Like, like I mean, okay, yeah, you're always super, super insecure. But like, if you're fucking... Yeah that good and you've got that kind of shit that you're writing in your journal in your book that you don't want to publish until you're dead or whatever because there's other shit that that you yeah. know that comes out and they're like oh damn we never would have found this yes like, like the reflecting telescope be that insecure like dude so newton's our boy like he's he's the star of the show then praise newton and praise newton honestly he's like you said, Yo, like we all said, I want some of them he's original kind of a badass. fig Newtons. It's a Newton. It's a Newton. It's a, it's a Newton. It's Newton's Newton, world. world. It's a Newton Newton world. And Sir Isaac Newton. Sir. Okay, he's an English <laughs> mathematician, physicist, astronomer, author, theologian, natural philosopher, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He is recognized for many things, but the thing he is recognized for the most. Was his dope uh, ass like, wig? Maybe, <laughs> maybe two things, dude. That was all natural. Are you fucking kidding me? It was his straight You're up. Gonna do Newton like skills. that, right? <laughs> I would say actually, it's funny. What do you think he's more? What would you think people would think of first, calculus or gravity? When you ask them about gravity, him? for sure, you gravity. You think so? Yeah. All right. Well, general. I'm biased. General pop. Yeah. Either Fig Newton or Gravity. General Pop, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Fig Newtons as well. That could be, yes. But yeah, I mean, for sure. So, like, uh, some isn't he like did other like uh, something about like the speed of light or something? Or did we already talk about that in another yes. episode? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna talk about more about because he's an interesting fucking guy. I want to dedicate this whole section to Newton. Um, we're not gonna go too far into his other, you know, the like I said a second ago, the reflecting telescope. Um, his color theory and um, optics and things like that. Optics, he did a lot yeah. of really fucking amazing things, which hopefully we can uh, talk about in other episodes when we're focusing on certain things. Yeah, because like you, know, you love Newton like hardcore. Yeah, everyone does because he's fucking sick. No, he honestly. is great. But we agreed, I think that Euler is better. <laughs> True. Okay. You okay. right. <laughs> In a mathematical uh, landscape, then yes. Yeah, I would but he say was Euler standing on prolific. those giant Newton shoulders is what I was saying. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's fucking true. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Principia, that book, is really like where he okay. starts talking okay. about uh, the laws of motion, right. which is Newton's probably most well-known 
type yeah, of deal. Yeah, because here. it really so wasn't understood to the proper mathematical level like it needed to be. It just it was like exactly it wasn't it was constant a game changer. Motion. It wasn't constant. They were like, ah, it's too hard. Like what? Wait, what? what? Like really, the connection between those Middle Eastern uh, principles of mathematics mm. and infinitesimal uh, series and whatever they were talking about was like the really like early, early, it was like the fetus of physics. But then when Newton comes up with the three laws of motions, it's like physics. Here we go. Rocket science. Because this is like, yes, this is the motion, like any class you will take on physics, like introductory. The first thing you're going to learn is Newton's laws of motion. Because it's really, like we said, mathematics with time thrown in, which is calculus. And it's no surprise that Newton also came up with calculus. Because he first came up with the laws of motion, which is where this is leading to. And it's like, dude, I got this. I'm Newton. Right. I've got apples and for Newton, days. I'll just sit here and eat Yeah, apples. and Newton is also a slightly, like we said, very religious person. So Everybody was. At that time, sure. yes. Yeah. And a lot of these things are, the reason that they're so tied to these astronomical understandings is because they're thinking of it in a very sort of they're almost questioning their religious beliefs in a way like they're thinking of something like i don't think so like the the church will sometimes like get in that 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 feel in that zone and be like hey that's Mm -hmm. dangerous but like i think a lot of times like i said when you're in this period like they're all religious you're trying to put your perspective on it from uh you know 21st century versus this is 17th century like it's not the same. Yes, their mentality is and Newton, different. Newton struggled with this a lot because a lot of these things, as we know now, obviously it's way more acceptable to be atheist or whatever you identify as. It's very conflicting at times, which in that period of time it was very taboo. I agree that yeah, it was taboo at that time, but I'm trying to say that they didn't think that it was going to be that big of a deal because it didn't conflict in their mind. They were like, I'm trying to study this thing that's completely interconnected yeah. to this other thing that I completely 100% buy into. And I'm just figuring it out sure. on a new way. You should be thanking me. And they're like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. He was like so, his roots were so deep in religion. Yeah. He believed that the religion was the sole exactly. like origin yeah. of all these things he was already discovering. Yes, That's how true. I think. Yeah. But at a certain point, he did question it. And he kept those letters and those books very secret because he was actually scared for his life. Um, like previous, you know, astronomers, physicists like Galileo. Dude, uh, he Galileo was paranoid as a were, motherfucker. He wouldn't have written that down at yeah. all. He did, but he kept it secret. Oh. Just just not necessarily the things that he was actually working on, but just in his personal journals that he was questioning certain things about his religion based off of his findings. Hmm. So he did struggle with that a little bit. So the laws of motion um, and universal gravitation are his main things in the beginning in Principia, which is yeah. like... I feel like yes. that was a pretty and it's big where deal. And it's a big deal because it's this first sort of like understanding where he does mention things on a very like macro scale and a micro scale. Mm. So he's saying things like, you know, particles and whatnot also have a certain principle of attraction in the same way that planets do. And he definitely uh, 
had a tendency to feel like a little isolated. So when he went to college, he went to Cambridge and he was a little bit of like, he kept to himself and he mainly studied, you know, like he didn't really go out. He didn't party. He was like a virgin until he died. Like he didn't do anything but study really. Some people like in the modern age, uh, like to say that he was on the spectrum, you know, had autism in some ways, but, you know, this was obviously not something that was discussed or diagnosed at the time. I think he definitely was, yeah, because he has, like, all of the telltale symptoms, but, like, in a manageable degree. So, yeah, that's why he was so weird and paranoid and secretive and antisocial and, like, all this shit just, like, adds up. Mm Mm-hmm. He also had a really hard time with people questioning his theories and his beliefs. Yeah, which which would is feed why into him not publishing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was a kind of a travesty because he did come up with a lot of really interesting theories and things that like were never published and were only found out after his yeah, death. That's true. So yeah. you know, maybe if he could have gotten like the encouragement on some of these things, but uh, like you had mentioned, yeah, or like we were saying, the collaboration. Yeah, or the collaboration, yeah. People didn't even know he was working on them. And, like, uh, specifically one of the more well-known ones would be the reflecting telescope. Right. So one of his uh, colleagues had come over or whatever to visit him, or he had sent them a paper about it, his his model, and they were like, this This is is fucking sick. And he was like, no, no, come on, it's nothing. And, like... It was like this huge, huge invention. Yeah, revelation. Because optics was like, yeah, it was one of his hobbies. Yeah, he like stuck a a piece of metal into his eye or something crazy. Yeah, I've heard of that. uh, When he was working on optics, yeah. So yeah, it's gross. Yeah, he came up with a lot of cool things, and um, I think more importantly, let's move on to how he came upon calculus. And really the subject, how it intrigued him, I guess. So he was really um, interested in limiting values and ratios in his earlier mathematical career. So when he was at Cambridge, he came upon like number theory and was very interested in these types of principles. So, yeah. So he was really focused on this like limit to infinity. He wanted to know how far you could push um, sort of similar to what we were saying in ancient mathematics yeah. where they wanted to see how far you could, how many sides to the shape can you get? How close can you get till it's a smooth surface like a circle? Uh, like I said in Principia with the uh, laws of motion mm-hmm. and really like the whole bullshit thing about the falling apple, but really it did sort of start with the speed of a falling object, yeah. which is like we said, yeah, you know, the motion of something. How can we describe this how, mathematically? Yeah. How does the, once you understand uh, that constant acceleration from the speed of the falling object, how does that explain us flying through space? That's what I was saying. Yes, how's it related? Yeah, they because they and were like, understanding the planets and them flying through space, and he's like, okay, this is gravity and how it works. And it's like, okay, well, how does that connect this shit? That's why he had a yes. problem to solve and he was just the guy to do it and he worked it out. But it wasn't really that hard once you have all the pieces like Leibniz literally did it at the same time. Right. It's more about like how can you open, expand your understanding to come up with this. It's not that it's like that hard yeah. to mathematically describe. It's really like 
you really have to think about it. And he also understood an important thing, which was that as the object is falling, whether or not it was really the apple or whatever the fuck it was, debatable, but it also increases with every second in time. So the, like you said, the velocity, the speed of the object, it's increasing with time. Mm -hmm. So he also understood this relation with uh, over a period of time, the mathematics are changing and typically will be accelerating exponentially over time. Um, Let's talk about derivatives first, because the way I learned it, I learned derivatives before integration. I don't know why, I guess... Right, derivatives. We're talking about... The rate of change, uh, right? Slopey's... Rate of change. So if we have a function, you know, like a line on a graph or like some kind of motion described in a mathematical way, let's take a sine function. Is that too Yeah, keep it complicated? simple. People no, no, know no, what no. that keep is. It, well, sine seems simple to me. I was, it, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. So we have a sine <laughs> function, right? And let's take a little dot and we just drop it, boop, a point anywhere on the sine function. What is the instantaneous? That's the most important point. Mm. Pun intended. Yeah. The most instantaneous rate of change at that particular point. Okay. Because this sine function is moving. Let's say it's a wave. It's like moving. What is the instantaneous rate of... It's not like a wave. It is a wave. Yeah. I'm just saying like y'all have to... Ride I'm saying that wave. I'm saying like an you're actual on wave. That wave. Dude, look at it like this. You're riding on that yeah, wave. Yeah, exactly. You've got like a board. I'm saying what think of it like an angle? actual wave, like yeah. in an ocean. Like a no, like a wave in the ocean. It's a little it's a big bump. Yeah. And as it goes over you, you're on a little board. What's the angle of that big flat board as it's like going over these waves? Right. That's that yes, tangent. Good explanation. Point. Yeah. That's that exactly. That's that angle of the tangency, which is what's called slope, which is that instant rate, instantaneous rate of change that this motherfucker. Yeah, damn, you bringing in that, you bringing in that, Oi. that like relatable shit. All right, I see you. Yeah, and also, okay, there was one more thing, which was just like, it's not just that; it's like it's where you're going. Like if you were mm-hmm. that, when you are in this yes, analogy, direction. you are that person. So it's like, where are you going? Yeah, it's wherever the board is pointing. Yeah. You're looking straight up at the sun. Oh, shit, I'm going straight down into the water. You know, that's the angle of yes. the board. So that's they want to know going. the rate of change. In, yeah, they want to know moment. all of these parameters, if you will, of what's going on at this this particular point. Yeah. And it's important for a lot of things. And specifically, like if we translate that into modern uh, mathematics and how we come up with a lot of these uh, innovations in technology and all of that. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if we didn't have this, this would be completely impossible. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like we've been talking about this other shit, but like we didn't want to like drop that C bomb. But like, cunt. Yeah, like calculus. Like that. Uh, what I was saying. Uh, I don't remember which episode. The Fourier transform. It's like that shit's like everything a million times a second. Like blip. That's calculus too. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like e, like we're talking about right. e to the x, e to it's the pi. Very broad. I, e, it's just like all this shit. Yeah, that's calculus, dude. You're not gonna get. Yep. You're not gonna get there without calculus. Like everything is calculus. Yeah. Anything that changes with time is you got to use calculus, bro. Calc- what is the fundamental theorem of calculus? Oh, okay, so. In layman's terms, it would be that the integral 
of the derivative of the original function or motion we're looking at yeah, yeah. Uh, is that original function. Right. Uh, also with with a constant, but still. Yeah. So um, basically, you're saying that it undoes the other dude, right? Exactly. Yeah. It negates the other. It negates. Yes. Yeah. If you put an integration in front of a derivative, you just get the function. Okay. Um, based on the whole idea that if I integrate, I get area, and if I take the derivative, I get uh, slopies at a point. Mm-hmm. You know. So we're like rate of change versus uh area under the curve how is that inverse of each other Hmm. how does one uh cancel the other sure so they the reason is because they negate one another because if you look at the derivative of a function it's like we said it's the rate that it is changing as you vary the input which is whatever time Mm mm-hmm the integration of the derivative adds up all those little pieces of changes, right? Mm. So that when you're finished with all of this, you have the total change. Actually, I, which think, I think I see what you're saying because it has it is actually a really super complicated concept. But the other side where we're taking the integral and we're actually trying to add up where have we been? Where have we been? Where have we been? Where have we been? Exactly. And the other guy Perfect. is going, where am I going right now? Yes. The integration is the adding up of all the little tiny pieces of like, where are we changing? Where are we changing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Guys, come on. That is come on, get it together. What are we doing? I like that. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's a representation of all these changes over time. Yeah. You know, this. Two words. Alien so- calculus. What's this? Exactly. What's alien calculus? I'm intrigued. If aliens come to our doorstep and they're like, yo, what up? We want to figure out, like, culture on this rock. We're aliens. Um, Do you guys know calculus? Because if not, we're going to peace out. So you feel like, I think we've actually talked about this before. But okay, something good, along good. The lines so you already like, have an opinion, I guess, on the matter. Would alien calculus, yeah. is there alien calculus, would they have discovered calculus the same as us? And what would they think about uh, our mathematics if hypothetically intelligent aliens existed and graced us with their Very interesting question. Thank you. <laughs> Number one, uh, obviously, they wouldn't call it the same thing. They could call it fucking banana or whatever. They could call it anything. Human language is clearly, um, you know, regardless of the language, like calculus came from uh, what did I I didn't say, but it's like Latin because mathematics. So mathematics is a universal language. Doesn't matter where you come from in the world, you know mathematics the same. So taking that concept further, I would say that yes, like there's no reason considering the fact that mathematics does not only describe the motion of the natural world on the earth, but it also describes the natural world in the universe and beyond. Couldn't you so, like maybe say like, that's the way that we describe it instead of that's possibly. the way that it has to be described, I guess is, is that's maybe at the heart. Sure. And this is when things like dark matter and, you know, stuff like that come into play. Where I think it's like, they well, would understand we consider that. this as, they would, yeah, they we would consider know this as like 
a section in our understanding that doesn't make sense and that's yeah. fine the other principles yeah. make sense we yeah, just need okay. to understand that yeah we at least but at least we don't think some, we know everything yeah but some could really think that that is a testament to say well in a lot of mathematical theories if we're holding this to the same standard as hmm. physics or mathematical proofs that one thing means that the whole thing is a bust so we need to go back to the beginning and that could be a possibility the fact agree, that the yeah. principles don't hold up to this completely, which let's be honest, dark matter and dark uh, energy. energy make up for a very, very fucking large percentage of the universe. Yeah. So it's not a very small thing. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like the observable universe compared to wrong. what's potentially the universe. Many people think it's just yeah. nothing yeah. compared to the whole universe. We see just. I think we're on the right freckle. track. But, I think yeah. we're on the right track, but we're if always on the right were track. To... We're clearly on the right track. We go and we probe all the planets. We've got voyagers flying out, you know, past the heliosphere or whatever. To answer your question, I would say that no, it would be like trying to talk to an ant. Hmm. You know, I agree. We wouldn't. Their mathematics. If they were able to travel to yeah. us to speak to I us, totally their agree. mathematical understanding and their quote unquote uh, calculus would be like just so far advanced that it would just be completely beyond our understanding. I don't think it would be the same thing. We have so many flaws in our understanding compared to what they would have. Okay. That we wouldn't I even think, be able to communicate. I think basically they would have went through a similar process. So they'd be like, oh, you guys are way yeah. back then? You're still yeah, they'd be you're like, still oh, in sure. that era of oh my God. You don't even like know. You don't even beetles. know. Oh, you don't even oh man. Whew. Jeez. Yeah, they'd be like, all right, peace. But yeah, calculus you know, is in, legit. Like, Star still. Trek. You know, in Star Trek, when they're like not allowed to visit the planets because like they could possibly fuck them up because yeah. they're like so far behind. Yeah, that's what they would do. The They'd prime like, directive. Okay, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> They'd wipe our whole planet. Yeah, I don't think you know as far as time travel goes, or or not. I'm sorry, not time travel. Uh, interplanetary mm-hmm. travel. If they were able to do that, then their mathematical understanding would have to be way beyond ours. So we wouldn't be able to relate on that level, but they would understand our version of calculus, but they would probably laugh in our faces. We wouldn't understand anything that we're saying. I'm pretty sure we threw out some calculus into the Voyager. You mean like Star Trek Voyager? Just like Voyager 1 and 2. Oh, yes, yes. Did you hear about what recently happened with Voyager 1? That's the one with the gold disc. No, I didn't hear. Um, What he's talking about is... uh, this gold disc that oh, we right, made yeah. and we tried to put yeah. like everything on there that like do you know what the first would want aliens to know kind of thing what was this gold disc that was on voyager <laughs> um it's called the voyager golden record they didn't want to make it out of vinyl obviously because it would get blasted up the ass mm-hmm. so they made it out of gold but like dude i isn't the yes. first image like a circle and then, like the yeah. the protective yes. case, like the album vinyl, the cover is a circle, so it's that they really, know really cool. Yeah, so that they know that they that they're spinning their fucking turntable at the right uh 
at human frequency, yep. if they it's see like a circle, then they're like, that's it. It's what it says. It's a circle. There's a circle. And then they get our DNA and then they murder us. No, actually, in reality, I think the Voyager is never going to go anywhere. Like, it's slow as fuck. Mm. Even now, in, like, such a modern age of, like, we already talked about, you know, like, like all this crazy stuff that we have going on now with, like, whatever particles right. and quantum mechanics and stuff. Like, it's still such a primordial, like, age of understanding of the natural Absolutely. world. You know, there's so many Yeah, like, you're talking about uh, dark matter and dark energy. Like, we don't know dick. Yeah. And that's a big part of it. And if we don't understand that, there's a... Basically, we've got this thing. It's calculus, and it makes you want to shit your pants. But you know what? It's actually your best friend. Because everything Mm -hmm. is all about calculus. Any kind of crazy shit that is actually complicated. It's got calculus Don't shit your pants. Don't shit your pants, bro. Calculus... Basic as fuck. Just one more step up the BFF. ladder. One more step up the ladder. Don't be scared. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and we talked about the history, and it goes way back. And then we start to see what's going on. And then mathematics was never the same again. Yeah, like, wow, dude. Um, calculus just goes way back and to anything in the infinite, even going back before they even knew and- <laughs> that they were even fucking talking about calculus. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They were talking about calculus. Yeah, how could they be even talking about that infinity at this time? But they were. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's like the mathematics is, I guess, a little bit... Uh, the way they look at math, is it, it's just impossible. So it just drags on and drags on. Eventually, they're cracking away at it, and it sort of leaves an opening when there's a necessity for Newton. And in in, in looking at all these <laughs> Galileo and Kepler and Newton <laughs> and Newton understands what's really going on. And he connects all of this with with these ideas of these infinitesimals and his maths. Master of his craft. And he fucking <laughs> maths it up, dude. And he's like blip, boom, bye. And, like, that's math, and that's how planets work, and that's, like, that's how infinite stuff works. Bada-boom, bada-bing! All right, guys, so that is the episode on calculus. This was a huge subject for us to tackle, and we really hope that you guys got some really good insight from us. And if there's anything else that you guys want to know, uh, mathematical concepts that you're super interested in, let us know. Comment on... um our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can reach us and leave us a review and come check us out on Instagram at Off the Beaten Mathcast. We post images relating to our episodes and a little bit of content on each episode. So slide into our DMs. Let us know what you think and definitely tune in next time on our new episode. We're gonna kick some ass. <laughs>